Remember, don't play with your feet. It's a big problem for me. I don't have that problem. Yeah, I know, so I'm telling you. Don't oh, hey, hi, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, hi, hello. Uh, what's going on? Uh, welcome to episode number three of the Ron Coco cast with yourself, with yourself, with myself, Renoko, and uh, the beautiful Shred Moss. Yeah. Uh, she has blessed us with her time <laughs> again because she has to travel so far to be here. Mm-hmm. From this couch, still on this couch. Yeah. Cool. I just sort of they wait ask. for the moment where she gets really nice and nested in there, and I'm like, hey, I'm just gonna set up the camera. And we're just gonna talk, but like the camera's not really there. But, oh, it, it's, but there. It, but it's definitely there. It's there. Yeah. Uh, so we do want to keep a common like theme, I guess, on this uh, podcast for as long as we possibly can, mm-hmm. uh, and that is obviously snow related and things that we are quite knowledgeable on. And that is uh, this week is going to be uh, some tips and I guess some advice on anyone uh, who watches this who. Uh, Intends on moving to Canada or even just traveling, I guess. Pretty much being an Aussie who wants to work and live and travel to Canada. Yeah. And how you can do that. Cool. Um, and yeah, to start uh, things off, I guess the first thing is like, obviously uh, applying for your visa. Um, so many steps. So many steps. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to know what they are. Oh, go take, take the wheels, Stephanie. All take right. So you got to go to the, it's called SICK, which is the... Um, Government of Canada yeah. website, and you need to go to the el- eligibility part right. to see if you're eligible to even apply. So they have like a little questionnaire, and they just ask you some details, pretty much like what country you're from, if you have like a criminal record, yeah. um, what uh, you what you yeah. want to do while you're in Canada. So like, are you trying to work, or do you just want to go on a holiday, yeah. or are you trying to travel to fund? Yeah. I don't know, that didn't make any sense. But it's like an eligibility quest and it'll tell you what visa you're eligible to apply to based on the information that you just gave them. Yeah, little little side note, if you do have any like uh, driving under influence and uh, offences, you unfortunately cannot... You're not going. You're not, you're not going. Uh, <laughs> you will not be working in shouldn't have, shouldn't, shouldn't have been driving under influence. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, then. so... Yeah, so you can do that. And eventually, if you're like any of us who don't already have a job offer and you just kind of want to travel around, be a little bit of a gypsy, snowboard and work as little but as much as you need to survive, you're going to get a lovely thing called International Experience Canada. And that will be the visa. It's called an IEC. Yeah. Uh, And if you have not already noticed, I did absolutely nothing I did nothing. I did nothing when it came to us moving over. Uh, Stephanie definitely took uh, took the ball and ran with it. I just yeah. was very much tell me what I need to give you and tell me what paperwork I need to sign. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. We'll all just move to Canada because Steph did the work for you and your friend who didn't even end up coming. Yeah, fuck you, Johnny. Fuck Kay. you, John. Everyone hates you. Oh, no, that's a bit harsh. But one of those things that I do want to quickly just touch on, uh, and it's about obviously having um, an acceptance of job offer, uh, I wouldn't be 100% completely like, oh, I need to make sure I have this. Like, have a job. Have a job offer, yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't need one, honestly. Yeah, yeah. so once you go through all the process of getting your visa and whatnot, and, uh, you know, it's coming down to the crunch time, as long as you've, like, I feel like, as long as you get, like, housing sorted, no matter where you are in Canada, you're going to get a job. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest uh, crisis over here at the moment, and it's, I think it's most resorts here, 
uh, especially here in Whistler. And then obviously Big White's not as bad, but I've heard some pretty gruesome, uh, pretty gruesome stories is that accommodation is obviously king. Uh, myself and Steph, our first season, uh, we lived in a house with 12 people, uh, including ourselves, obviously. Uh, and it was an experience. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't do it again. Me either. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of gross. Y- yeah. <laughs> it's kind of really gross. Yeah, it's just that many people shouldn't operate inside a house. It is just... Yeah, unless you're like actually bonded by blood. It's not really as fun as it may sound at first. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> if you're like a young single dude, like maybe that's like up your alley or a young single gal yeah. who's out there to meet some people, it might be what you're into. Uh, but from like a couple's point of view who have lived with each other before... Uh, yeah. It was definitely... And definitely on the mature side of things. I feel like if yeah. I was like 20, probably wouldn't phase me that much. I'd yeah. probably be just as much as a little shit. But um, as a mature adult. Yeah. Not really my jam. Yeah, big time. Living to learn. Big time, big time. But yeah, so we got we got pretty lucky, oh, I guess, we got pretty lucky the second season because obviously you make your tabs with people and then you like... Uh, if you do return to the same place like we did, you can obviously get landlord numbers and whatnot, and then that's how we got yeah. our such sweet better deal. location, yeah. better houses. Yeah, yeah kind yeah. of got it all set up because you already know yeah. what you want, so it's easier to find. But when you're in Australia, you don't know. Mm. You don't really know anything. You don't know how far anything is from like where you work is, yeah. or and it's hard to gauge the situation properly. You just kind of want to get a house and be like, okay, well, I'm not homeless, so that's like step one to success. Yeah, definitely a roof over your head is going to be the number one priority. And then once you have that, everything else is sort of trinkled out. It'll fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. uh, All the jobs uh, I ever went for here, one of the first questions they did ask me was, do you have a house? Yeah, Because (laughs) for them, that means you don't have to, they don't have to worry about getting you in Starfacom, uh, and it's, it's pretty much a job handed into your hand unless there's something completely wrong with you. But <laughs> yeah, job is uh, a job. Uh, yeah, sorry. A house is obviously more important than, yeah. Probably your resume because it is yeah. seasonal work and yeah. they take all walks of life. Yeah, big time, big yeah. time. Um, but yeah, also what we could also talk about for another handy tip is... Uh, uh, what else is on that piece of paper? Ooh, when you get, like, once you've obviously been approved for your visa and you've been accepted into the application pool to apply for a work permit and you, mm. like, pay all your fees and, like, give off, like, your passport details and all that kind of jazz and you get approved for a work permit. When you actually come into immigration, you mm. need to have $2,000 in your bank account. Yeah, you meant to have yeah. 2000 You have to have proof from your bank that you yeah. have at least $2,000 in your bank account and you have to have travel insurance for the duration of your stay. Which? Which is a hard one because getting it's almost years, It's almost impossible. It is kind of impossible. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think you're ever going to get stitched up on that. What do you mean? At the I don't think when you ever, when you ever get, when you go to immigration, they're going to be like, oh, you've only got 18 months travel insurance. Some people have though. Yeah, but I've really? like met some people who only got a year, like a year's cover for travel insurance, and that is how long their visa was because that's how long they'll cover it. It just wow. depends what immigration officer you get, and if you're the person they'd like to make an example of that day. Yeah, I guess I guess it depends if it's uh, Monday after Super Bowl Sunday or if it's Friday before Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, the but like, of the worker. In all honesty, the guy that did our visa didn't even ask to see our bank details, and he didn't ask to see how long. No. We were insured for. He was just kind of like, yeah. where are you moving to? And Did we even actually have two grand in the, uh, our account? Yeah. 
We had we literally had everything we needed, and we had eighteen months cover. And he just asked us where we were moving to, and we said Big White, and to make sure that we didn't work as strippers. Yeah, to make sure we didn't work really as strippers. Really weird one on a work and we permit. Strippers. Yeah. Yeah, and then really pretty much one. just told us to like sit down and have a seat, and then he called us back up like shortly afterwards, and it was like, "Here's your visa. Have a great time." Yeah, that's hundred percent. Good morning to you. Hundred percent. Yeah. So once you get all your visa and stuff done, and everything's good, and you're on your plane, you bought your ticket. Uh, I guess like one of the biggest uh, helpful things I probably think there is is how cheap you can get a bus in Vancouver to wherever you need to go. Yeah, real cheap. Yeah, like ridiculous. Like obviously connecting flights, you, it, it can seem a bit more convenient depending on where you're going. But yeah, you can hop on a bus in Canada like pretty, 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 pretty cheap, eh? Yeah. Pretty, pretty cheap, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess the next thing that really we could talk uh, we could uh, talk about is probably like uh, cars. Yeah, if you wanted to buy a car when you get. Yeah, there. so you've uh, got yourself on a on a plane. You're over here, and you've got yourself. Man, I need to buy myself a whip. Uh, <laughs> a whip or some wheels. A whip and wheels. A, <laughs> a whip, whip and, and wheels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, surprisingly, uh, it's it's not as easy as it seems. Hey. Yeah, it's a little bit. First, yeah, first of all, when you're going to get, you don't, well, this is the thing that I don't understand at the moment is because I've had multiple people tell me different things, but I got myself an Australian, oh, sorry, a Canadian driver's license. Yeah. You don't. I did not hand mine over, no. Yeah. Uh, which is another shit thing if you are an Australian and you are planning on changing your license over. Actually, this is, yeah, this is a very, very important Cut your license up in front of your eyes. Yeah, this is super important. This is probably my biggest tip to anyone out there who is considering doing this. Lose your license at home, have two licenses, get them to snip your new one when you get here. Yeah, so definitely come over with two driver's licenses because there is nothing worse uh, than like the two-week period that it takes for you to get your Canadian license when you're forced to go out with a passport. Man, passports are gold. You don't want to lose those. The last thing you want to do is have a big night and relying on your drunk self to remember not to lose a passport. Uh, I pretty much just didn't go out for the whole two weeks that I waited for my Canadian license because it was just I love shit. How you pretend like you even go out in the first place? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> what, the, actually, I actually it actually did happen to me when I went to I went to one of the pubs and they're like, yeah, ID, and I was like, oh my god, I don't have one. I didn't have my passport on me because I was like, I'm not fucking taking my passport out. That is just dumb. True that. Yeah. Anyway. But ba- yeah, but back on cars, um, <laughs> the insurance over here is extremely questionable, uh, and I'm assuming the majority of the viewers here are going to be no older than, than, our age. than our age, so the chances of you having more than 10 years driving experience uh, is Probably not, not very happen. high, and learners don't count as driving experience yeah. it's so, so in in the insurance over here it's 10 years driving experience uh it needs to be on your fools uh so i think myself and steph we pay like 630 for three months is it i feel like it's more than that 630 no it is it's about 630 dollars is it yeah was it more than that the first time, and then it's gone? Oh yeah. So the first time, yeah, the first time it was a lot more expensive. So yeah, because we've been, yeah, because we now. So been yeah. here for ages. Yeah. That's why that was six hundred. So insurance is really going to bite in the ass, and there's really no way around it. Uh, so if you are like planning on coming, and you can somehow avoid having to get a car at least in the winter, 
Uh, I'd probably try to avoid it, you know, pinch some rides or whatnot, but if you definitely need one, you just need to know that uh, car insurance is going to be pretty expensive. Especially on your own. Yeah, especially on your own. Like, you want to go in with a buddy or something, yeah. even though it's maybe not the best idea if you don't really know anyone, but yeah. it's super expensive for you to afford on your own, especially when you're on a Canadian minimum wage, which is a joke, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know what? The minimum wage, I really think it's just a bit of a myth, eh? What? It's a myth. Like, obviously... It's a myth. No, well, like, the wage is definitely... It's real. It's low. But, like, if you're coming from Australia where you're on a decent decent wage, uh, and I was to tell you that you're about to go make $13 an hour, you're going to go to yourself, I am not going to be able to fucking do this. How am I going to fucking manage? And, to be honest, it is... I... Well, did you ever feel like you were struggling because you were on minimum wage? No. I definitely didn't. I uh, also don't drink and do drugs, so... <laughs> yeah, that's always uh, another one. But a lot of people that I know, some of them did struggle because they obviously did party a lot. But if you've got a bit, of, if you've got a couple screws in your head, you can be perfectly screwed on about it because... You can afford you, to eat yeah. and pay your phone bill and yeah. pay your rent and not be stressed about it. Yeah. Like, you could still even go out and, like... Oh, and have beers throughout the week. Yeah, 100%. You well, you got to remember that my, all rent is paid in, month, in months, not like back home in Oz, mm-hmm. uh, which is paid weekly. Uh, and I think the majority of, uh, well, where we were from our experience, uh, we're on fortnightly pay. Uh, so it was pretty it was pretty easy to manage. And like, you're going to be paying like on average, like I feel like the maximum you'll pay for rent in a winter is like $800 a month. And then like the minimum... Like the lowest you'd be able to pay for a pretty not like full on place would be like like five fifty, yeah. Five fifty would be like yeah. the ch- on the like the cheapest you're probably gonna find, and yeah. you're definitely gonna be living with yeah quite a large amount of people. Yeah, <laughs> and as long as you're like you know you've got it's like a, as long as you've got like a pretty reasonable job where you're getting like some decent hours, and then regardless of what you're doing, especially if you have a full time full time job, the Christmas period. You'll most likely do more hours than what you want, and there's plenty of penalty days. Yeah, uh, public I, holidays. Yeah, it, definitely bank on the public holidays over here. Um, the good thing about public holidays here is that you get paid for them regardless if you're not at work, yeah. which is always great. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you do work then as well, so you get paid another day. So it, it works out really, really well. But yeah, yeah I, I honestly don't... I The, the fear of um, the way... Like minimum wage here, I, I wouldn't really find it. It's Look, honestly, you, you can afford to live and do everything that you'd want to be doing on a ski hill. Yeah, you like, might do. You really can't afford it. Yeah. I was never really, I was never stressed about it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Any, anything else? Um, not sure. Not sure? Nah. What else is useful about me in Canada? Is there anything else on that list that we said that we'd look at and actually try and make um, a better a better list this time? But we just housing situations. Yeah, we already spoke about that. Yeah. Yeah. The fear of moving over without a job. We spoke, really we spoke about that. Yeah. Well, pretty much, pretty much done. If you ask me. All right. Well. If you have any questions. Yeah. Honestly, uh, that's probably another good thing to talk about. Actually, yeah. yeah. If there's anyone out there who has who does uh, have you know, the ambitions to move over to Canada, feel free to shoot me a message at 
Renoco and shoot Steph a message at uh, Steph Boss. And I feel like if you shoot me a message, you're going to shoot that message directly straight back at me, considering I'm the one who did the applications. That is so very true. So if it's visa-related, I'm probably your go-to. That's very true. That's very true. But yeah, um, and yeah, uh, thanks to all the uh, people that actually have been tuning in and watching these uh, podcasts. Uh, they have, you know, been doing quite well. Uh, compared to the other stuff I've been making. So it's good to know that people are enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, so be sure to like this video, I guess. And I don't know, if you find it useful and there's a tip here that you didn't, didn't couldn't give to someone, share this video to them. But uh, yeah, besides that, um, we'll catch you later. Bye. See ya.